0: Oscar is the CEO of Americas for Deezer since 2016. In his role, he accelerates growth in the Americas by further developing existing markets, entering new ones, and creating new business opportunities, both directly and via partners. He has over 20 years of industry experience, having worked in IT, telecom, and consulting, holding various senior management positions in companies like Brightstar, BlackBerry, Orange, and Anderson. Born and raised in Spain, Oscar speaks English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Oscar Castellano, welcome into the corner office. Hello, Brandon. My pleasure to be with you. Uh, It's great to have you here. And uh, once again, we were just reflecting on this very cold part of... uh, Year in most areas of the country, even Florida and California, where we're both broadcasting from. Uh, a shout out to those who will probably be listening to this when things are getting a little bit warmer. But uh, I hope uh, you're doing well today. we were talking about the 80s coming soon in Florida, and I'm sure that'll be welcome. But where we'd like to start in our podcast, uh, Oscar, is you know, tell us a little bit about your early years. You know, where you grew up and what was your early family life like?
1: So um, I am. Um was uh, raised in uh, in Madrid, in Spain. Um, and um, when I was kind of five years, we moved into a, a location in Madrid close by 20 kilometers away from Madrid capital that is called Torrejón de Ardoz. Torrejón de Ardoz, uh, I mean, it's, it's nowhere in the map, really. But, <laughs> I but, won't even try to pronounce no, it, no, Oscar. No, 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 no worries about it. But uh, the fact of the matter is that, you know, there's an Air Force base in there okay Amer- american Air force base so and you know uh, this exact you know uh, specific story you know i will probably allude that you know in the future in the conversation because you will realize you know how that is linked you know to my uh yeah uh, to, to my evolution right so and,
0: and your arrival in america exactly, I'm looking forward to
1: that exactly since i since i was a kid you know i was i was really you know into the American culture because of being, you know, close to the Air Force Base, American, you know.
0: Were there quite a few Americans in the in the small village? Were your parents connected with the base at all?
1: Exactly, 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 exactly. So that that influenced definitely, you know uh, myself and you know the the early days, right? Awesome. And again, you know, it was a middle class family, uh, quite normal. You know, father working as a lawyer and a detective as well. My mom, you know, worked you know in in companies such as. Uh, each uh, Rocher, that is a, a company on the, um, on the beauty, you know, uh, segment, administration and commercial operations, you know, they uh, divorced when I was 10. And uh, most of the uh, of the racing, let's say, uh, I would say in quotes, professionally speaking, you know, my mom, you know, was the one closest to it.
0: Right. Did you go back and forth between your parents as you were growing up or spend most of the time with your mom?
1: No, no, I spent most of the time with my mom. And all in the weekends, really, you know, my dad, you know, used to come home and, you know, take me to, you know, sports and everything, as you can imagine, any other dad, you know, could probably do. And during the summertime as well, you know, I was spending, you know, some one-on-one, you know, nice times with him, you know, going across, you know, Spain. So that's what I would do.
0: Did he move away? Was he in another location? Yeah, 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 indeed, indeed, indeed. Brothers and sisters, any other influencers?
1: No brothers, no sisters. And indeed, you know, my family, as I always say to my wife, that it's kind of the the opposite. My my wife's family, uh, only one brother, but, you know, it's extended in terms of, you know, uncles and aunts and, you know, cousins and everything. Mine is super small, super small. So we have, you know, I have no brothers and sisters. And, you know, my dad has, you know, just one sister that uh, didn't ever marry. And, you know, my mom you know, has no brothers or sisters either. So at the end, you know.
0: It wasn't the big Spanish family that we hear yeah, so much about. No, no, no. no. It was, it was, it was, it
1: was quite, quite a small one.
0: Well, who were some of the early influencers then? And I can imagine that American Air Base perhaps had a little bit of an influence.
1: That's exactly what I mentioned before. So, <laughs> yes, American Air Force Base and, and Americans overall, you know, Said a very, you know, uh, early influence in, 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 uh, everything that I've probably done, you know, after that.
0: How so were they, were were there ones that you met? Did, did you go on the base? I mean, were there people in the town? How, how, how did it influence your life?
1: So, uh, have this in mind, you know, my closest neighbor, meaning, you know, um, by the way, I was living on, on an apartment, on a, on a building, you know, my flat was a ninth one and, you know, my, uh, neighbor, um, was indeed American. And um, and so that you know, as an example, uh, I just came from uh, Dallas. Uh, probably it was like, you know, sorry, I, I wasn't just, but I came from Dallas in a Christmas time frame. you know, when I spent some time, you know, in, in Park City, you know, skiing, and I was stranded in Dallas going there. Uh, when I was stranded in Dallas, all of a sudden I reminded, I remember, sorry, that, you know, oh, you know, my my, my childhood, you know, a uh, neighbor was living in Dallas. So I called them and, you know, we spent some time together. So oh, by the nice. way, over the years we've been, you know, in contact and, and so on. And I've always loved by the way, to, to, to maintain contact with uh, those persons in that in life, you know, you believe that are your friends and, and, you know, you have, you know, such mutual relationship. Right.
0: So some early, early American imprinting there. And they were, I'm sure, quite kind to you. What, did you go to a local school, private, public? What was your educational background?
1: So I went to um, private schools uh, for three years time when I was in, sorry, Spanish uh, fifth grade that uh, I don't believe exactly the same as as yours. But anyway, more or less, you know, around those dates, you know, I uh, was moved, you know, to a public school for three years. But then, you know, out of that public school, when I went into a high school, I went to a private high school, and then from there on, I went to a private as well college.
0: Were you a good student?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was a good student, and uh, um, always my intention was always to, um, I wouldn't say to be the best, but try to be amongst the top tier. Let's put it you know politely, right? And and it's it's not just you know um, I always believed that in anything that that I did, you know whether it, could be you know uh, uh, you know sports or could be you know mathematics or chemistry or physics or you know computer science at the end et cetera. you know I always wanted to to be on on that group that at the end you know sets the pace more or less okay so so yeah
0: what were some of those outside activities you mentioned sports I'm sure you played soccer or uh, American football as well, we call well, it. In, in, in a, yeah.
1: In in Spain, in Spain, you, you can probably imagine that you know soccer is quite popular. So, yes, I, but but you know to tell you the truth, you know I didn't play soccer as you know, meaning you know eleven against eleven. I played soccer, what we called uh, futsal soccer, which is which is a, a, a um, five against five.
0: Street streets street soccer, right? Street <laughs> soccer. Okay, so uh, you, you, smaller you, smaller team. So, right? so you
1: get it. So so that street soccer was quite popular in the eighties, you know, in Spain, and uh, I, I, indeed. Uh, as a reference, you know, the um, one of the teams of my hometown, meaning Torrejon, uh, at the end uh, had been for many years uh, European champion, indeed of of that kind of street soccer so it was quite popular
0: so it was really quite quite organized yeah wow. you no know,
1: indeed indeed it was a very you know big league and you know lots of teams and you know i went from one team to the other i wasn't honestly i i was never in like a like a super class you know in uh, in in soccer i practiced as well you know a lot of uh, tennis you know on on my early days and uh, i loved you know tennis quite a lot but i was gravitating between let's say you know soccer and basketball at some point in time as well just a bit you know and soccer and some swimming and some tennis you know Uh, all in all the good thing is that you know uh, where i lived and that's why you know i got uh, very you know uh, close to to playing a lot of sports where i lived you know there was a uh, i don't know how to say it in english but a a uh, multi-sport club a multi-sport complex where you could play you know a lot of a lot of things.
0: And that was free? That was open to the public? Or that was a club?
1: No, it was, it was a private club. It was a private club. And, you know, uh, and we, we were paid membership. and in, uh, But, you know, you could probably spend there when you were a kid, you know, definitely your entire weekends, you know, from, as from, you can imagine, from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Swimming, basketball, yeah, yeah, yeah. soccer. It was, it yeah, was super convenient. Awesome.
0: Anything else other than sports? Were you involved in theater? Did you play a musical instrument or, you know, involved in student politics? Anything like that that was of interest to you?
1: Yeah, I started playing the piano. I played the piano boy for a couple of years uh, or three years. Um, then I realized that, you know... Piano, I loved it, but uh, but I preferred, by the way, much more you know to be active playing soccer. You can you can you can guess you know when you're a kid you know to do that. Then uh, I also did you know um, a bit of um, a bit of choral um, choral lessons you know singing lessons you know later on. I participated in in some you know choral um, uh, groups.
0: Was that through a church or a, a school or? No,
1: it was it was through. Um, through a you know organization that was made you know there on the same and the same neighborhood that I lived, so then suddenly you know there was a guy you know that created you know this this coral. At the end, it became quite popular, and I jumped you know at the very beginning, and we were having indeed you know we were indeed you know going to 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 perform you know on different cities in Spain. So I went you know once a tour, yeah, touring you know with the coral. And that that's a funny question that I can the funny story I can tell you at some point in time. But anyway, it was it was fun.
0: What about entrepreneurial things? You know, growing up in America, maybe a little different than in Spain, but kids will have paper routes or they'll sell Christmas cards uh, at that time of year were there types of things you did for extra spending money?
1: Oh no, honestly, no, I, I wasn't the type of guy, you know, uh, with an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh probably the closest to that uh is uh is uh, when I started, you know, uh, teaching uh, as an internet professor on business schools, uh, and I've always loved to do so. I started when I was, what, uh, 22, 23, so pretty late. So before that, nothing really entrepreneurial.
0: Yeah, so that was kind of the first job you had while you were uh, getting your master's.
1: It was a job that I had, you know, uh, part-time because at the same time, I was also, you know, working uh, on on different companies. So, so, yeah, so I tried to, you know, handle that Uh, At some point in time, you know, someone that saw me, you know, uh, on uh, teaching or something within, you know, my company believed that I could be good, you know, to express that out, you know, to other groups and to other, you know, uh, business schools. So I I started doing that. And uh, at the end, I loved it. I I love teaching, by the way.
0: Both your parents sound like they were professionals. You mentioned your dad uh, being a lawyer and working in the detective area. Did your mother have a a college degree as well?
1: My mom uh, had a college degree. And I'm super, super, as you can imagine, you know, uh, uh, happy for that and 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 proud of that. You know, when she was what uh, 40, 45, I believe, so pretty late in the game. So at the beginning, you know, um, uh, on on her childhood as well, you know, she uh, needed to start working pretty early. So um, she didn't have the chance, you know, to go to university. Um, and then. You know, uh, in the other hand, you know, my dad's life, and this is typical, by the way, what happened at the point in time, you know, in in Spain. So, uh, Spain, as you probably may know, it's uh, a father, I don't know how to say that, Uh, father... uh, Paternalistic. Paternalistic, that's it. So, paternalistic um, society. So, uh, kids and and my dad, at the point in time, you know, had all the benefits. So, he was the one studying and going to university. His sister didn't. So his sister, he ha- uh, had to take care of, you know, um, uh, their parents. Um, my mom, at the same time, you know, again, when she was also young, you know, had to do a kind of a similar role. So so she didn't have the... You know, so
0: she went back later.
1: She went back later, but, you know, she got, you know, psychology. She got as well a master's degree in... Uh, in um, um uh, psychotherapy and uh, and a bunch of other things so yeah I mean super proud of her.
0: So it was obviously a foregoing conclusion that you could go to college. How did you decide where you wanted to go and what you decided to study?
1: That's a very good one. Look I was uh first year uh before so the, the, the year I'm sorry the year before finishing my uh, high school uh, and uh, the uh, director of that um of that high school, I had I don't know why, but I had a very good, you know, relationship with this guy. I'm 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 talking that you know uh, I was again 16, 17. The guy was 60. Uh, but you know, again I don't know why. Honestly, it, it all started with a with a very you know uh, nice uh, you know interaction and relationship. And I was using him as as well a uh, somewhat of a of a spiritual guide, let's say, into what should I study. So. And because he was in the school, because he was not only the director, but he was also partly owner of the school, he could tell me a lot of, of you know, um, what he believed, you know, could be nice exits for my profile. And, you know, how was how was he seeing me, you know, speaking with the teachers, you know, with my teachers, you know, into different roles, et cetera. So uh, he was definitely, you know, very big influence into what to study. And at that point in time, there was uh, clear, you know, Telecommunications was one that was pretty hot at that, at that stage you know in, at that time by the way in, in Spain and computer science was the other one I was more into the numbers than into the um, than into uh, words let's say so uh, at the end you know I, I chose for for computer science but being said that uh, honestly I didn't have uh, as well the enough grading to get into telecommunications but because telecommunications was uh, hot and and there was when you normally careers in spain or or this this type of studies when there's a lot of you know um uh, demand and and the offer is very scarce then by the way you know the gradings you know to get into that are super high so my grades were good but were not awesome so i couldn't get into telecommunications
0: great thank you for that overview what was the first job you took out of college oscar
1: so out of college, indeed, the day I was, um, having the, um, um, the final party and, and, you know, receiving the, the, the diploma and everything, um, I was approached by the, um, what we called at the point in time, this, the studies director, but at the end, the guy leading, you know, the relationship with, um, with all the students and, um, and he approached me saying, you know, uh, Hey, I know you're super happy you know, on this time, but you know I need you starting. It was Friday, I believe it was or Thursday. I need you Monday to start a. It was like that to start uh, an internship in Santander. Santander, so that you know, is the largest it's bank. The bank, it's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of the largest banks in I've Europe. I've
0: ridden their bicycles in in Barcelona. They're the sponsor of the exactly. city bike there. <laughs> yes, also, I mean, they
1: are, right now they're a monster. Before they were a monster as well. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they they've become a humongous, you know, bank. So they said, you know, you have an internship, you know, ready for you, starting, you know, Monday. I said, well, I mean, again, I, I could be, I couldn't be, you know, happier than that. So I started, <laughs> you know, in in Santander as a programmer you know um uh, working on with you know uh, big you know computers and you know mainframes and everything so that's how i started
0: awesome awesome cool so um some of the early leadership lessons uh, that you got from that first job or internship did that that lead to something full time with them or or what what progressed after that internship
1: okay so so um there, that that's a pivotal moment you know in my life um santander internship you know lasted the summer
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: then uh, call it more or less uh, something like you know september you know 1st or or august 30th typically it's june july august so um Santander comes and tell me hey you know this is your and we want to we want you to be you know with us you know this is your full time full time with a At that point in time, it was a mind-blowing salary. So, I mean, it was like, wow. I mean, I I couldn't expect that. At the same time, one day after, uh, I mean, I received that literally. The day after, um, Anderson, which is Arthur Anderson, which was uh, at that point in time, you know, in Spain, uh, there was a lot of prestige around the auditing firms. Okay. So, Anderson, you know, uh, knocks on my door. uh, Hey, you have, you know, an interview, you know, on Tuesday. So wow, okay. So I let, let me put on hold this as a consent there. Um and there's also something for you interesting to know that is why I also uh, evaluated this you know very strongly was um my mom's uh, company, their auditors were always you know um Anderson auditors. My mom had a very strong relationship with a couple of them, and um and it, for her auditing and consulting, you know, it was kind of a dream job, right? So so she was like, well, I mean, can you imagine that, you know, you've been, you know, uh, uh, called by, by Anderson? I said, well, I mean, he's here, so let, let's go.
0: Great opportunity. So I went to the interview,
1: all of a sudden, you know, it went, it appeared that I did, you know, uh, something correctly, and I got as well an offer from from uh, Anderson. That was, by the way, 40% less than Santander.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Tough choice.
1: No, 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 no. That's no, not, no, no, no. but my life was clear and again that was the pivotal moment and, and that has influenced me you know quite a lot in the future by the way that is you no know, i mean for sure i will take you know, understand. i mean i like what i've been reading about the culture i like about what i see on on these friends of ours that are you know auditors so again regardless of the amount of money you know let's go to that and uh, yeah and that was my my uh, my decision you know going back
0: did you start managing people there was that the first job that you had
1: so Anderson, no. In Santander, I didn't. In Anderson, as you can imagine, you know, you start. Typically, when you come out of uh, out of college, you know, you start as Auditor, you know, at the point. Consulting. Time we were, we were saying like a, a four, if I'm not wrong. Um, it was a very, you know, the lowest <laughs> basic of uh, of consulting. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, no single leadership whatsoever, and uh, you know, uh, the culture there, as you, you may probably have heard, you know, it's you know either you go up or you go out. So so, it was year by year, you have to show that you could continue, you know, going, you know, up the ladder and, uh, and leading people, by the way. So I didn't do it on the first year. I started doing it on the second year. indeed.
0: So that was the first job you started managing people. What were some of the early management experiences that you had? Any lessons that you learned there?
1: Well, so I always say, Brent, that um, um, my backpack, you know, in life, you know, has been full of Anderson experience. And I and again I'm I'm forty six now. I can certainly tell you that 80 uh, percent of my backpack, you know, comes from my early, you know, um,
0: sure, very formative, days. very formative years. super you know.
1: formative year, super formative.
0: So I was it, with Procter and Gamble for my first eight years in marketing, and it's still, you know, I write the one-page memo, you there, know, there, concise in communication. You know, you remember there, 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 so much. There you, there right? you have it. There I like it. how you describe it as a backpack, though, because it really is a survival kit, isn't
1: it? Totally, totally. So in there, if you ask me about, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it was everything about the culture, right? So I mean, it was the importance of teams. To achieve results, so I mean that to me, and again, you know, you will probably hear this, you know, uh, over and over in my speech. You know, teams to me is is the essence of the corporate, you know, culture, right? So, teams to achieve results, uh, work hard. You know, I mean, uh, Brand, I was um, for my, my first two years, I always say um, I used to work probably what eighteen hours a day, nineteen hours a day. I, I had a project. I always, I always remember that that um i had a um a laptop and that laptop at that point in time had three megabytes of memory three megs and and it was especially made laptop because i had to run a a financial model you know in that that the the um the recalculation of that financial model could take normally three to four hours recalculation so i mean i made some changes by the way you can imagine that you know you had to make all changes once then recalculate F nine and and I I have it again I, I could I could go step by step telling you know how to do this and uh, and then uh, again I used to go out of the um, of of Anderson you know probably visit you know my aunt or whatever you know where I was close to where I was uh, working and then um, say you know three hours later I was returning I was working for another you know four six hours changing everything and then it, it could be you know regardless it could be 1am it could be 5am it could be 6am it could be you know 12pm so it was a non-stop kind of cycle um so work hard is is definitely something that is one of my earliest leadership stories and again think first plan uh listen by the way lots of of listen as well and um and yeah and and that's uh that that is that is part of of uh of everything that I do right now.
0: What a great backpack. What about previous bosses? You know, any best or possibly worst lessons that you picked up along the way? You don't need to mention any names if it's the latter, but for obvious reasons, uh, you know, we do learn things from folks that we've worked with. Name us some of those that are stashed away in that backpack.
1: Totally. So uh, on the best, I would say, um, I could probably say don't stay much in a comfort zone. I mean, don't Don't get bored. So, whenever you are in your comfort zone, for, you know uh, longer than needed, you know start change start changing. start looking for alternatives because again, it won't be good for you, it won't be good for the company either. Um, and and be focused on on what you're doing now. So I mean, do the job that you have right now well, focus on that, and don't think on you know what is next, you know in terms of your next evolution. so so keep focus on that. That's probably one of the things that i've I've learned uh, from from the previous bosses. In terms of worst, uh, I mean, for me, uh, respect is probably the key one. So, treat people with with lack of respect is is a no go. And I've suffered that. Uh, I I, I, honestly, I haven't suffered that directly, but I've seen that happening in front of me. You know, several times. You know, you
0: know what it looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Use people, you know, unfairly. Uh, One of the things that I've also uh, realized is 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 how uh, leaders many times do use third parties. To achieve their goals on a very unfair way. And again, making them probably believe that they are, you know, their friends or they are, it's a, it's like, you know, like a normal attitude and, you know, you're going to be having probably something in the future, etc. And then, you know, something changes and all of a sudden, you know, they've taken from them what they need and they don't return anything back. Step on so, the back. Yeah. And yeah, I've seen that, you know, many times. So yes, that's something that I won't always want to avoid.
0: Oscar, how would you say your leadership as, as, you know, style evolved over time?
1: Once more, it all comes with that initial backpack that I told you. So probably, um, uh, as time goes by, I believe, um, I've been adapting more and more to, um, the people and, and to the circumstances that, that, uh, that surrounds them. So I, I'm, I'm probably much more eager to understand, you know, from the, 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 uh, people I work with, you know, again, what are their needs, you know? I mean, what are the interests as well, and and how can they collaborate? Collaborate in the whole team that I have uh, made. Um, so it, it is a dynamic style of leadership. I mean, I won't lead the same a guy that is you know forty five years with uh, you know twenty years of experience, that a guy that is you know uh, you know thirty years with seven years of experience, that a guy that is you know coming just out of college. And by the way, right now with all these millennial things and so on, you know that their mindset is pretty different as well. So uh, I that um, I, I try also to, again, with this specific mention about you know millennials, let them do much more. and, and let, let, I, I try not to be as much guide to them uh, because they, they tend to um, to accept you know leadership as more of a consulting rather than, rather than uh, guiding and letting them know what they have to do. So it's like, it's like you give them, you know, two or three ideas of what you would like to achieve and you let them do.
0: And is that working for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, um again, you, know, you, you always have in life, you know, guys that, you know, are more coherent and more aligned to what you expect. But all in all, I believe in terms of this uh, population, let's say, and this, you know, uh, type of, uh, of employees, that works. Um, and uh, in the other hand, with more experienced um, personnel, uh, probably as their mindset is similar to your mindset on or how they also were raised professionally, they also understand much more about you know, uh, guidance and having a bit more control about what they do. Um, uh, but all in all, it's about emotional intelligence, I believe, where I've I've tried as well to evolve that emotional intelligence of mine, you know, for for the for the years, being more trustworthy. Uh, and I would say probably Uh, In terms of leadership, uh, in the past, financials uh, were not as as uh, as important. Let's say to me, Um, right now, uh, as as you probably gain responsibility, they are much more important.
0: So you're currently CEO of the Americas for Deezer. Tell us a little bit about the company, and I I believe this is your first CEO placement, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yes, indeed. Company is is a great one Uh, right now. uh, One of the leaders in the um, music streaming space. Um, probably amongst the five biggest companies on this uh, on this industry, um, with more than you know uh, uh, seven million you know, subscribers, uh, very strong in uh, France and uh, and Germany, uh, with a very good business that we are growing. You know, in Latin America, where we're number two, uh, in the US, we have as well you know an important you know growth in our B two C, what we call you know direct to to, to consumers business so um, you know again business wise it's it's moving in the right direction. We also uh, recently um had an investment uh, a round of investment of one hundred and sixty million euros Congratulations. and uh, yeah, thank you for that and um and with that, you know, we're gonna develop you know the Middle East and North Africa region uh, via as well you know our uh, our partner um our investor in k s c where in is like is a catalog that we're gonna have you know exclusive for that particular region but all in all uh, it's a company that is positioned you know at the at the very hot industry right now with a, the right set of tools in my opinion because you know we have a great product you know we have a good organization good leadership as well and um and yeah and, and we are we are set to to have a great you know 2019 for sure
0: and you report into a i believe the group ceo right and he's over in europe and france
1: that that that's exactly it um we presently had you know, some sort of uh, adjustment as well, and um, and right now, um, probably we'll be incorporating some sort of a um, commercial dash, you know, marketing, you know, uh, global leadership. Um, there's a, um, there's a vacant right now, indeed, for a global commercial role. And right now, regions, you know, do report to that vacant, you know, commercial role, as we were having before. But yeah.
0: Uh, so, you've had some experience, obviously, in building a company culture because you've kind of set this up over here. Tell us a little bit about that. And, you know, what are your thoughts and, and maybe perhaps what's unusual or unique about the Deezer culture in the Americas? Well, I mean,
1: I think the, the culture uh, defines ultimately, you know, uh, everything that you do. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's probably one of the most important, you know, matters that, you know, every employee, you know, should live and breathe. Um, every employee should. And the fact of the matter is that at the end, you know, you see that a lot of employees they can be fantastic, super intelligent. I always say the same, right? I mean, don't give me someone that is super intelligent that don't fit into the culture. Give me someone that is, you know, middle class intelligence, let's say in quotes, and you know fits into the culture, and uh, once more is eager to work on you know uh, cross functional teams because our company is a lot about you know those matrices, you know, where we close to work, you know, uh, I used to work a lot, you know, with these, you know, cross-functional areas. So uh, in regards to the Americas, I wouldn't say uh, there's a specific, you know, set of culture that I'm, that I'm driving, but I would probably say um, my culture is about sharing, first of all. So one of the things that I've probably, you know, um, realized that is in need, you know, uh, within, within this areas is, is to share more, right? So, I've tried to be an advocate, you know, within my region and then, you know, across, you know, the group I will as well on, on on sharing, right? I mean, information, you know, should be, you know, open as much as possible to everyone and furthermore to those teams that are going to be collaborating. So it, it is not because, you know, I have a certain, you know, report or a certain set of information that I'm going to be, you know, more intelligent or or getting something done that you are not going to have because at the end, we're going to be collaborating together. So so let's let's start, you know, having probably being very transparent so i'm i'm if you ask me about you know what is my my uh, i would say unusual but you know my my twist in the culture is about sharing and about you know being much more open in terms of of uh, collaboration right um but uh, again we are uh, all of us you know have a good component about you know music so normally everyone joining this you know will have you know such You know, DNA of music on their on their head and on their hearts, and um, and we um, and again, most of us as well, as mentioned, not me, by the way, as as I as I saying, you know, have entrepreneurial as well, you know, experiences. So entrepreneurial is also a part that we are uh, continuously, you know, uh, fostering, you know, within the company.
0: You know, it's interesting. I I think I shared with you when we spoke before the podcast that I was an operational executive at Disney. So, you know, in the entertainment industry, and I used to say, give me an ounce of passion against a pound of brains, right? You know, I don't need someone who's super smart, but if they're very, very passionate and they love what they do and they love the product, right? And Disney, it's what's what's hard not to love. Um, You know, those were some of the top performers that we could recruit. Totally. Absolute agreement. So talk, let's talk a little bit about that and hiring people. What, what what do you look for when you're making bets on the people you invest in, uh, Oscar?
1: Wait, it's going to sound repetitive, but you know, I I <laughs> I, I, I echo hundred percent what you're saying. That I I want first and foremost, I want passionate people. I mean, and that's again, you you mentioned that. I was saying, damn it, you know, I wanted to say that.
0: But, <laughs> Sorry but, to take your window no, 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 yourself. No, 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 no,
1: no. <laughs> but um so um But so yeah, I mean, passion is 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 uh, is super fundamental in. Um, anything that, and anyone that the Google hire, um, genuine people as well. And genuine can be very different things, by the way. Um, so, but genuinity um, and, and look for for those candidates as well uh, that can be as good as or better than their bosses. So I, I, always, I always try to be surrounded by people that are, I would say the same, equal or better than I am. And uh, you and, don't need
0: and, to be the smartest person no in the no, room. no
1: no 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 man no i i've I've learned in life that you know I'm probably gonna I might be wrong, but at least you know as far as I've seen, uh, normally teams that are made of excellent people, brilliant guys, and once more, brilliant doesn't have to be intelligently brilliant brilliant can be you know collaboratively brilliant and sorry for this jargon, but anyway, to me, it's, it's like saying again, you know you have to uh, to take the most out of that person, and that most of that person within that company culture, um, within that um, that set of you know goals that we have established, you know, can be different things. But you know, as long as they are very good on what they do, and they, and again, you know, you are surrounded by those people that are very good at what they do and very good at what they can as well achieve. Normally, your life will be easier than than if you have to be carrying people that are not as as good as a minimum as you are. So I always try to look for that, you know, when I um, when I interview and hire, and uh, I always ask, you know, one thing that is, you know, uh, what are your failures? I mean, tell me, you know, tell me three failures or two failures that you've had in the past, you know, six, seven, ten years working experience, and um, and I, I like I like a lot, you know, the 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 failures. I don't like that they tell me about you know because everyone is going to tell you on in an interview how beautiful <laughs> how great and, they are how <laughs> great and magic they are we know that but
0: but, but I do it, it for a living Oscar believe me you got to cut through that pretty quickly <laughs> yeah totally 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 so so yeah so what other types of things this is interesting you know we spoke a couple of weeks ago when we first met and you talked about setting up a number of offices many of them remote general managers in various countries in Latin America mm. and here Um, and folks that you, you know, don't see on a regular basis. How do you, how do you make sure you get the kind of people on board, um, that really are going to be able to, you know, carry that passion and, and get the work done, particularly if they're in kind of remote operations?
1: Well, for your diary reports, um, I would say, I mean, nothing but hands-on. So uh, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that sits, you know, in Miami and expects everything to be done, you know, remotely. So I like to be, um, I don't know if I told you when we, when you initially spoke, but I like to be at least, you know, once a month on every country that I manage at least once a month. Um, if we have something important going on, I can be, you know, two three times, you know, in that, on that given month for sure. And, uh, and when I'm so there, really
0: working side by side with them. Yeah,
1: no, totally, totally. totally. I mean, again, uh, managing, you know, remotely, you have to have that, uh, that hands-on and that uh, join time. And that is not by the way, to me, in my humble opinion, a fantastic Skype or a fantastic, you know, Slack call or whatever it is. So, I mean, video conference is good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it may help you, but you know, you have to have still, you know, the, the, uh, the human touch that is, that is direct connection, right? And when that happens, magic happens and, and you have to have that time.
0: And when you've when you've hired these general managers, and I'm I'm sure there's been some mistakes along the way, but if you look back and said the folks that have really performed well for you, I'm sure you met them all face to face. What were some of the things when you think about those interviews and those conversations that really kind of struck you as yeah, this is the person that's going to be able to do the job in Argentina or Chile or or wherever?
1: Well, as 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 I uh, mentioned before, uh, again, it it needs to drive you know a, a a passion that I see on their eyes and on their communication. So and and honestly, uh, I've interviewed many people in my life, and uh, passion is, is not something that you know you are taught how to do.
0: You have That's to have right. it. Either have it or you don't. You, you yeah. have to have it. So <laughs> so
1: I I think I'm good at detecting that. Um, uh, again based on the on the on previous experiences. And uh, again, if I see the passion, if I see as well that you are generally interested in in uh, changing things. And again, don't don't tell me, and uh, always, you know, if I have, uh, you know, just uh, a short amount of time you know, with them, it is not, you know, for them to tell me how fantastic they've done and so on and what is the... No, tell me, I mean, why are you choosing me against my competitors, first of all? So, again, you have four companies, exactly, one well, is in quotes, by the way, right now, operating Say in my case, you know, you have Spotify, you have Apple Music, you know, you have uh, uh, Deezer as well in most of my Latin America region. Okay. Why do you choose me? Why do you want to work with me? That's first. Second is, and, and, you know, probably on a marketing role, let's say, you know, I may have interviewed, you know, mm, or my teams may have interviewed five or 10 or 20 people. And then there's a short list of three out of those three. Tell me as well, you know, what, I mean, I have. Three fantastic candidates. I mean, all of them have told me that they've done great things in marketing. They know a lot of digital, et etc. So, what? How do you stand out? You know, from them, you don't know them, but you know, how do you stand out? So, I mean, there there are simple kind of tricks that I try to follow on these discussions. That at the end, you know, I can assess. You know, um, if you know that the person that I'm that I'm hiring is probably what I need. You know, in terms as well as mention on culture most most likely and then in terms of challenges that he's going to be you know um, um uh, put into and you know how it's going to solve them and even if you do that for sure as you mentioned as well that there could be a time <laughs> in which you know oh yeah, I mean you, you you just you know hired someone that it doesn't perform
0: well, Oscar Castellano, you've been very generous with your time, and we just have one more question. We ask all of this of our CEOs to participate because it's very interesting. We get a good diversity, but there's always a lot of consistency. And, you know, our audience is, is folks that were probably maybe you five, ten years ago in your career, uh, you know, looking at the corner office, uh, maybe looking for advancement in your career and those that perhaps are are there already but looking to grow as well. What what career and life advice would you give to someone who, you know, has their eyes on the corner office and, and wants to be a CEO like you someday?
1: Well, um, first, you know, this doesn't come as a gift to anyone. So it, it's, I mean, this is about work. Work hard. Work hard.
0: I mean. That was the first thing you mentioned in the backpack.
1: Yeah, w- w- <laughs> work hard. I mean, that's the first thing that I would say. Second is, and and I'm, I'm sorry to reiterate, you know, that point that, you know, you very good, you know, nailed before. Passions. So follow your passions. Be excited
0: so, about what you do. Be yeah.
1: excited about what you do. Be passionate on anything that you do. That, that, is, that, is, uh, that, that is probably the, the most important advice I could give to anyone. Um, then it's about, um, as mentioned as well, get surrounded by people that is, you know, equally or better to you. Um, and, uh, and be prepared as well because we live on a, and, and as time goes by, technology we know is driving, you know, a lot of transformation on, on many industries. And in the workplace so be prepared to continuously adapt to change and change is going to be the the basis of what you do in the future so those people that believe that you know because they have you know joined for a function x they need to perform on that function x well you know what you know in two weeks time or maybe in a month time no function x will be you know x you know apostrophe and maybe something a bit different and maybe in six months time you know that company will Radically, you no. Know, I won't say radically, but at least you no know, change their strategy. You know to incorporate a certain you know business line that they haven't you know thought about because again technology has driven you know that you know initial transformation on that end. So again, be prepared as well to continuously change. And um, and probably the last thing I would say is is don't try to be someone that 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 you are not. I mean, and be genuine with yourself. And we, I think you know human beings, we all have fantastic strengths and we have weaknesses for sure but you know show and use your strengths and try to reinforce and try to hide you know your weaknesses but but for sure again you know i'm sure everyone will have you know a lot of strengths you know you have to know yourself pretty well and you know once you know yourself pretty well and know where your strengths are you know take those with your passion and put them into practice.
0: Oscar Castellano, CEO of the Americas for Deezer. Thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office today. And best of luck as you grow uh, the business here in the Americas and, and perhaps globally someday as you continue to grow in your career.
1: Thanks a lot, Brandt. It's been my pleasure.
0: Thank you so much.